and welcome to the Business and Pleasure podcast, the show that discusses what it's really like to be a digital nomad. We talk about the ups and the downs, the lessons learned, and the big discussion about whether you can really have it all. Today we have Mark Hall on the show. Mark is an author and travel writer who is based in New Zealand. He's travelled the world and lived in quite a few different places. On Mark's website, Life Went That Way, he shares his experiences, stories and lessons. He's also written a memoir where he shares his story in even more detail. Today we're going to dig into why Mark chose travel, the highs and the lows of his travelling journey, why he wants to inspire more people to get out and see the world and of course we'll talk to Mark about whether you can really have it all. Welcome to the show Mark, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me on Lydia, nice to see you. Nice to see you. So let's just get straight into it. What were you doing before you became an author, travel writer? I grew up here in New Zealand. I uh, moved to London when I was 19 on my own. I was originally for only six months, but that ended up the best part of seven or eight years, uh, which kick-started a lot of the uh, travel journey that's sort of gone on since. Um, lived in Australia for a time, in Melbourne and Brisbane. Uh, but recently I've been sort of settled back in here. The travel writing author gig is something I've sort of always been interested in. At the moment, my sort of, it is a side hustle, though, before now, as I'm... Um, by day, I'm a I'm a copier with the New Zealand Police, so that takes up a lot of my time. But my yeah, a true passion obviously lies on the writing side, so uh, that's where I dedicate a lot of my hours, and um, I enjoy putting it out there in the, for the world to enjoy. Yeah, that's amazing that you moved literally to the other side of the world at 19. What made you decide to do that? Yeah, yeah, I, I was following a sporting dream, Lydia. Uh, <laughs> When I was growing up, I was uh, yeah, I said I, I, I dreamed of playing professional cricket. So uh, that pathway took me to yeah, took t- t- took me to London. Uh, I had three very enjoyable years playing that. It yeah, it didn't quite work out as as well as I planned, but it actually put me on a different trajectory, which I'm actually grateful yeah. for and created some amazing memories. Uh, I got to live all over the UK, uh, particularly a lot of time up north, which was great. Still got a lot of friends there, um, some time in Scotland as well. So, yeah, that was pretty much my 20s there. So, yeah, before I ended up uh, coming back to Melbourne. That's amazing. And that's great that it's such a young age as well. You were like, yeah, let's do it. Before you moved to London, had you always been interested in travel? Were your family interested in travel? Was it something you always wanted to do? Absolutely, absolutely. I've got to really credit my uh, credit my family that my mum she's such an inspiration she's still traveling now in her 70s uh i was lucky sort of my first real overseas trip was was to the states when i was um about 11 years or 10 years old my first real solo trip was when i was 16 when i went back to the states to visit some relatives so just when you go when you're living in new zealand it's it's it's, it's a little bit different to the rest of the world because it's because you're so isolated basically the nearest country is a three-hour flight away so when you're growing up, there's, a, there's always a fascination about what the rest of the world's like, yeah. because when you can't just sort of hop across the Channel Ferry or when you when you just can't, there's no obviously uh, land crossings and what have you, I guess it puts more of a mystique in the world. Mm-hmm. So, and as I was growing up, obviously international travel wasn't as common, I suppose. It's a, a real motivator to try and actually get out there and explore. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm certainly not alone in that yeah. case. Uh, and I could probably speak for a lot of Australians too, where it's actually, yeah, there, there's an endless fascination with the rest of the world. And I think that becomes part of who you are. And I think that's why you sort of see for a couple of countries with such small populations, there's so many of us scattered around the world. It's a motivator. I find when you, it wasn't such a scary thing to move in 19. And it's something I reflect on now because people do bring it up and people do talk about like, wow, you're 19 years old, like you sort of, put it in perspective you sort of can't quite imagine what it's like Mm. to pack up on your own and go to the other side of the world but it's it's not a you don't worry about things that could go wrong you don't worry about the the, the bad things because because when you're a bit younger you just you're just excited I remember looking out the plane the plane window and I talk about this in the book you look out the window I remember flying into London you sort of seen all the road houses and terrace houses and whatever I don't know Hounslow or wherever, wherever near Heath. I, I was just, I was just so excited. You just see opportunity. You don't see what could go wrong, and unfortunately, that comes with you as you get a bit older. Isn't it? 
Yeah, that's true, actually. You were probably doing it at the best time because you're still young. You still have that bit of, like, naivety around it. You're more excited, you're optimistic. So you're not really aware of all of the the bad things out in the world. Absolutely. You're sort of just going with it. So that is probably such a, yeah. a great time to just go yeah. for it. It is. Yeah. It is. And I still try and hold on to that. Yeah. And I still try and take that sort of attitude forward because it is so easy to worry about all things and especially in the in such an age where there's so much information out there yeah. you know like when i sort of did it it, it wasn't really that case it was i'd quite happily walk into a pub on my own and just sit at the bar and talk to someone back then you know and i still do that to this day too if, if i'm ever around but it's um it's not really a it, it's definitely an attitude that i think we could all sort of enjoy and try and make the most of our sort of opportunities when we do get them instead of sort of erring on the side of caution and fear all the time definitely yeah i agree with that i think yeah you have so much information now at your fingertips and a lot of it is why you shouldn't do something or uh mm. so and so's friends mm. said this or like it's a lot of it is negative for yes. instance when i started solo traveling last year whenever i started yes. properly a lot of this lots of people like oh why like oh or like why this specific country or whatever it was and i was sort of just like why not and it was sort of nice going back to the just like yeah. oh screw it i'll just do it and see what happens instead of like <laughs> thinking through everything and, and then talking yourself out of it it's nice yeah. to just be like okay yeah. we'll see what happens and you can always go home if anything goes yeah. wrong so yeah that's amazing that you started at 19. Mm. and it's interesting as well that you said that you traveled with your mum the first place you went outside of new zealand was america when i've spoken to other digital nomads in the past a lot of them were lucky lucky enough to sort of have that same upbringing where their parents were also really interested mm. in travel they were lucky enough to go to different countries when they were growing up it was the same with my parents we lived in a few different countries when we were growing up with my dad's job he was always yep. moving around they've always loved travel and then that's fed into me and my brother as well but it's interesting to see people who do work and travel mm. all sort of have that same upbringing not everyone but a lot of them. yeah yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, and obviously the way we're raised, obviously that instills a lot of the values that we sort of carry on as we sort of become adults and what have you. So so to have that sort of support and permission almost to to, to go and explore, to go and make the most of things, you know, is, is, is actually something that's actually quite special. So I'm very grateful that I actually had that upbringing and had the, had the opportunity to do it. Like my brother lives in America now, uh, my other brother lives in Perth. So we're spread all over the world just... Uh, uh, and we have like a lot of that comes down to my mum, you know, because it's um, I'm a stepfather and, uh, who have actually always encouraged us to um, to go out and live a, live, live a full life, yeah. you know, instead of like instead of sort of living that sort of cautious traditional life that perhaps many of us are encouraged to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's so nice, isn't it? It's just enjoying enjoy the life and see what mm. you can see and do what you can do and try try lots of different things it's yeah it's just having the opportunity Absolutely. to sort of just go for it and see see what happens is what i really like like similar to yeah. uh you my brother lives in thailand now and before that he lived in china and oh. so it's it's funny how nice. <laughs> we're living the same life <laughs> yeah absolutely gotta look at you two go yeah <laughs> it would be great to talk more about why specifically travel what is the thing that really excites you about it is it exploring a new place that you've never been really like delving into a new culture mm. meeting people you've never come across before what is the what is that mm. thing that re really has like kept you traveling yeah. for so many years i think it's just a natural curiosity of the world out there a natural urge to sort of discover new places, new ways of living, new ways of life. Along the way, you do get to meet those people. Along the way, you do get to actually learn a lot, a lot about yourself as well, Lydia, because at the end of the day, it's all part of just an endless journey of actually uh, trying to trying to not only become a better sort of citizen of the planet, but also it's actually just, yeah, it's, it just feeds a natural curiosity that, that A, I've always had. And uh, yeah, it's, it's 
it's something that hasn't really gone away ever since I was a kid. Yeah, there's always more to learn yeah. and see and do. Yeah, I don't think it will ever go away, which is great. It's easy to overthink it too, and and yeah. and I think it's there's a, there's, there's a lot of whys and like, I'm, I'm sort of quite actively engaged on sort of Twitter where we yeah. sort of came across each other in X and what have you. And there's so many whys and reasons out there that people sort of discuss about, which is great. It sort of drives drives a conversation. Any sort of travel conversation is going to get me engaged. But I think. I, I just keep coming back to the just the natural curiosity. I think yeah. well, we've all got it to an extent. So, so, so beyond that, I don't particularly look for reasons to an extent. There's no reasons as to why I sort of do it. It's, it's just me, and I do yeah. it for me uh, because because after I have a positive experience, after I have after I see somewhere, like I'll see the positive in everywhere pretty much. Uh, but it's there, there's always a takeaway of some sort, you know, Definitely. and it scratches an itch and it, it, it removes the what ifs I find because uh, because wherever we go somewhere, especially somewhere new, we always go with a preconceived idea of what a place is going to be like. It's easier just to say you're going somewhere based on whether it's an Instagram reel or what have you. you know, you, those generate sort of expectations in a way. Yeah. Rarely do those expectations actually meet where I'm going. And that's, that's a positive and a negative thing to a point, but. It actually means it actually means to me once I actually go and experience these places that actually I can actually make an assessment actually yeah and and take something from that yeah and I think that's something we take home with us and we forget about that too definitely uh, yeah it's nice to be able to make and have your own opinion about something about a place about mm. an experience whatever it is like we said so much information out there oh why would I bother going to whatever place when yeah but it's so nice to be able to have your own opinion about a place and then be able to tell people about it and then potentially change their mind on a mm. place like for instance this mm. year when I started traveling again I started in Argentina and South America and I've never touched this side of the world prior to coming here and none of my friends mm. have none of my family have we've always sort of gone the other way and like, unfortunately, with South mm. America, there's a slight stigma around a few places. And it's got quite an interesting history. And that, you know, there's been like the series Narcos and everything like this. And there's been lots of different things that feed into it not always having like the best name. So lots mm. of people, when I first started yeah. talking about going to South America, they were like, oh, it's not safe. It's, it's this, it's that people yeah. who have never been <laughs> and I was like well why not I've never been yes. and these have been some of the best <laughs> places I've ever traveled to I've ever experienced I've, yeah. I've never really had any issues at all and it's been nice that I've been able to make my own opinion instead of just listening to oh well this place isn't safe or oh, this happened here yeah. and it's just like well no because now I've had my experience and my experience has been absolutely amazing that I can now share that with people and I yeah. think that's a really Absolutely. nice, important like thing to have. It, yeah, it is. It is important, Lydia. You know, and 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 through your platforms, you know, you get the opportunity to actually sort of encourage, even if it's like one or two people that actually change someone's mind and may go, "Hey, I may go to Colombia based on this Lydia's experience." You know, that that's actually a win because it actually generates a. It, it, more of an awareness, uh, a, a realistic awareness, as opposed to uh, as opposed to what you said with the, with the world of narcos and all yeah. those sorts of things, which are obviously a long time ago now. Yeah. Uh, so no, it's 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 a really positive message that you're doing, Lydia, by by uh, by discussing these places with your guests and what have you. And yeah, if I can sort of contribute one small part to that, then uh, and all all good. Definitely, yeah, it's it's, it's brilliant. <laughs> so it would be great to um, <laughs> talk more about your book you were always writing and then you decided to well to write a book what was the thing that really pushed mm -hmm. you into writing a book and why why did you want to write a book and share more of your learnings and experiences mm -hmm. with people mm -hmm. a combination of things actually uh, I'll be honest with you, when I started it I didn't set out to write a book let alone a 600 page 
book. I'd always sort of wanted to, so I've always loved reading memoirs. I've yeah. always sort of read nonfiction is very much a sort of category I'm sort of really interested in. I knew I could write okay. Actually, a funny story is when, when I was at high school, it's probably the first time I actually realized I could actually string a couple of words together without getting them wrong, was I did a book review at high school and my English teacher called me in and basically put this review down and asked me, he said, who wrote this? And I was like, well, I did, you know, and, like, and I had. And he basically accused me of plagiarism and wouldn't mark it. Um, I was about 16 at the time. I've always followed a natural sort of writing path from that. Because I'd spent quite a bit of time overseas doing different things, you could tell people had a natural sort of curiosity. People would ask, you know, it's like, like we go back to the 19 years old when I moved away thing. It's people actually sort of curious about how that sort of comes about and those sorts of things. The idea sort of came to actually start recording some of my, my memoirs, if you like, was in my sort of 30, late 30s when... I went and uh, went to Nepal and did, a lot of, did some trekking around there. And a lot of people were really interested in it. A lot of people were really sort of asking a lot of questions. And then in 2019, we basically traveled around the world for the best part of a year, with a one-year-old on our back. And uh, we parked up in Portugal for three months, um, just on the Algarve there. And after moving nonstop for months on end, I literally just got the laptop out and started writing and it was essentially just a recording of what it of, I'm blessed I've got a good memory I can actually remember a lot of things some things some things not so much but you do that in your 20s and I started doing that every day and every night it just I was, we were parked up on a beach for three months pretty much and I just started and it became a habit and it just carried on and on and on and yeah then lockdown came we're back here in New Zealand by that stage and in a way it actually sort of got me through a lot of that sort of lockdown period because yeah for an hour or two every day I was writing and then I realized I had a book at the end of it and obviously you go through sort of the editing phase and bits and pieces but it's totally honest with you when I started I didn't set out to write a book but that's what it became and something I'm proud of. Yeah that's amazing that's nice as well though because it's Mm. it's really authentic then it it was just purely you writing down mm. everything and then it slowly progressed into a book mm. so it couldn't be any more true or mm. honest and that's nice that you could lean on it in through covid and all of that weird time and yes. it became a habit and you yeah that's really great mm. So you mentioned then as well that you traveling with a one-year-old, which sounds like it could potentially be challenging. How different is it traveling with a <laughs> one-year-old and a family to traveling by yourself or yeah. with your partner? It's just a different experience, Lydia. Not any better, not any worse. And it's it's something that until you sort of do it, you, you, like, there is that fear of sort of how's, how's the experience going to be any different or it's going to be better or worse or what have you. I would say like, like it's as good as if not better. You just change things up. By the time, like, like your nighttime activities are far limited, but you get the opportunity of actually doing it, getting up way before everyone else. Like one of my favourite mornings was um, we were in Prague for a time and just go on the Charles Bridge. Literally, there's a handful of office workers fighting around. There's street sweepers and what have you, you know. There's, there's, there's hardly, so basically, we had the Charles Bridge to ourselves. So, so having those sorts of experiences where you can actually go out, you, it slows you down mm. because you, you can't be rushed. You can, you, you've got, effectively got to uh, cater your sort of trip to, to suit the one-year-old as opposed to sort of rushing everywhere, you know, and dining out, all, all, all these other activities which you sort of do as an as, as adult Trevor, if you want, uh, just changes things. You get to meet more people, which I found to be something I sort of hadn't expected. Just when you've got a kid, it's uh, sort of, a, you, you do get to meet more people. Like people are naturally curious about, you look different, and, you, and they know you're different anyway, but when you've got a one-year-old one year old as well, you know, people want to meet, people want to talk, people want to yeah. meet you. You always get priority seating and things like that sometimes and restaurants and what have you. And it's been a fantastic experience. It opened your eyes to many other things too you know like I think there's there are times when when you've got like, like with our one-year-old obviously it's constantly attached but they go and play with other kids even though there's no common language and things like that you know and it's it's quite a humbling sort of experience you know it sort of shows 
people, kids, you know, it's the language of play, you know, it's, it, there's no borders there, there's no, there's no, no prejudices and things like that. It, it, it's quite a humbling sort of thing and I think um, that's a big lesson I took from it. If anything, it's actually probably a cheaper way to travel too because you're, because you're not dining out all the time and things like that. It's, uh, it, yeah, it leaves you more time to actually focus on the experiences as, as opposed to sort of traditional nighttime adult activities. Yeah, I think that's a really nice mm. point as well that you mentioned is it, it slows you down a little bit. Like you, you can't always be rushing around mm. and, and when you are rushing around or jumping from place to place, a lot of the time you're not really, you're not present, you're not taking in your surroundings or you're stressed because you're rushing. When you start to slow down, take a step back and really sort of mm. appreciate where you are, mm. it's such a nice feeling and yeah. you, you remember why you're doing what you're doing then when you do have a bit of time to enjoy the new place you're at that's a lovely lovely point and something to always remember as well yeah. <laughs> you would appreciate you would appreciate that more than most Lydia the way you're sort of doing your thing you know yeah. so one of my favorite travel writers uh, I'm sort of a guy I sort of refer to is a guy called Rolf Potts who sort of talks about this art of slow travel almost you know sort of that sort of immersive type sort of travel as, travel, as opposed to hitting the seven days here and there but i appreciate a lot, a lot of the world doesn't have that opportunity yeah. to to do that sort of slow travel the of message away that you're sort of doing your through your podcast now to show there is other ways it's we're incredibly grateful that we had the opportunity to actually travel that way it did change a lot of my perceptions a lot of my ideas around travel mm. because as I alluded to before you experience different ways of travel instead of your sort of one week island vacations you know you sort of very much scratch the surface but if you can stay somewhere on that island for for three weeks you know you start to get you start to get to know the local local coffee shop you start to get to know the local the local market you know it becomes a far more immersive and yeah personal experience. Mm. It's a really neat way of going about doing things if you have the opportunity. Definitely. I've been speaking to quite a few people recently and they have been talking about slow madding. I've mentioned it in one of the podcasts previously. And when I started, well, at the end of last year, I was like here, there and everywhere. And it completely like ruined me. I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't enjoying it as much as I was when I started. I was like, oh, what am I doing? Why am I jumping around so much? When I first came to Argentina, I was there for three months mm. and used Buenos Aires as my base and sort of then had a weekend here, had a weekend there. And I absolutely loved that, like mm. having a hub, a place that you can call your home yeah. for however long. And like you said, you can go mm. to your local coffee shop and start talking to the same barista every mm. day and they start mm. learning your order. It's mm -hmm. like all of those yeah. little small things that help make a place feel a bit more like a home, especially yeah. when you're you're having a rough yeah. day and you are missing home or you're struggling with the language or anything mm. like that. Anything you can do to help make mm. something feel a bit more like a home is amazing mm. when you're traveling. Yeah. And I've been thinking about it a lot recently because since after Argentina I then started doing like a month and a half in this country a month and a half in this country and I've absolutely loved it and I haven't felt like I've that's been too much of a rush but after Argentina I'm like okay I just the next place I go I just want to stay in one place for a month or whatever yeah. and then have like the weekends away because I think yeah that's sort of what I miss is being able to have a bit of a more of a homely space yep. it's interesting isn't it and, and everybody's different yeah. when it comes to travel, it is but... we all have different ways of going about it and our circumstances didn't, our circumstances sort of dictate that to a long way yeah. whether you have a family or depending on what sort of job you do or because the end of the day, whatever I'm a big believer in, whatever sort of works for you is the way that's going to work. And you get and you do adapt. You yeah. do actually figure it out, figure out what the best way is. Uh, and you sort of talk about that sort of feeling of you know you, you get into like the home sort of feeling, you know, because ultimately we all we all come from a home somewhere, and as, and as attractive and exotic as the old 
that travel hopping lifestyle, it's it, you can't do it forever. So so I think if you if, if you can actually do the sort of journey like like you're on where it's a month or so here and there, it sort of strikes a nice balance there, you know. And if that works, you find whatever works. And I think you'll if you speak to any of the sort of people I've sort of engaged with through sort of my networking, that they, they do a similar sort of thing to you, you know, where it's. It's, it's impossible to keep going and it can be anywhere between a month or even up to six months, whatever. They just sort of park up and it just seems to work for them. It's all about finding your own pace and your own style of travel. Like I said, there's no one size fits all. It's just a case of going out there and actually trying to find what works for you. Definitely, yeah. It's a lot of trial and error um, and you figure it out as yeah. you go. <laughs> So with that in mind, when you first yeah. started, so painting the picture, you were 19, you were in the UK, you're exploring. And the great thing about being in the UK, you're in Europe, so you could pop to anywhere in an hour, mm. two hours. It's ridiculous. I think we're very lucky being in the UK because, yeah, there's so many amazing countries on our doorstep, which yeah. I think we don't really realise until we talk to other people but when you were first sort of started traveling and exploring new countries what were your first learnings or your first hurdles that you came across when you first started traveling a couple actually come to sort of come to mind first thing i understood was how and it was apparent right from the very beginning is how wrong i was about pretty much everything until you, when you grow up, when you grow up and you raise, you grow up with a perception of the world. You grow up with almost it's, it's almost a prejudice, almost an, an assumption, prejudice of what another place is going to be like based on whatever, whether it's convenient, convenient from TVs to books you read to 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 whatever. Yeah. So when I went away, like I could even go back to when I first started to in, in America, you go somewhere with preconceived ideas of what something's going to be like, and very, very rarely, in fact, I could probably say never, have I actually gone to anywhere where it's going, ah, that's exactly as I thought it would be. So it actually challenges your assumptions. It actually makes you take a step back and forces you to, to watch, to learn. And then from there, then you can sort of make an assumption as opposed to sort of going into somewhere and saying, no, this is black and white when it's more often than not a shade of grey. That's a big learning for me. And that has not stopped. If anything, it's probably continued. And I think it drives that natural curiosity to actually find out what somewhere is really like. Mm. And where little satisfaction that sort of comes about, this doesn't just apply to travel as well. This sort of applies to just trying new things, you know. It's like actually... If you've actually done something or actually experienced something new for the first time, at least you know now, and at least you can make an informed sort of assessment of whether A, it's for you, whether you enjoyed it or whether you didn't. I can probably talk about bungee jumping as a great one. So I bungee jumped for the first time about three years ago, I think it was. And I'd never done that before, but and I'm quite frank, I'm quite scared of heights and what have you. Yeah. And I went into it. Oh, I probably wouldn't do it again, but it's something that you've done. It. I'm, I'm actually, you know, it's actually something I can, I can actually go. Yes, I've actually done. So I think when you, I think when you travel somewhere for, when you sort of travel somewhere for the first time, those are the sort of learnings, and you actually, you actually gain a, a unique insight based on who you are yeah. as to what place is like, and that's why that's why I always encourage people to say. Don't make any judgments about somewhere, and don't go ahead. Don't go anywhere with too many expectations, because it's, because a they're probably going to be wrong, and b you'll actually actually come out of it thinking something completely different. Yeah. That's a good one. Uh, probably enough, but probably the second learning was not everyone is not everyone's into travel as much as you. You might expect. I had some. I had a few sort of little challenges before I went away, particularly when I was nineteen. Like a grateful support of my mum, you know. But there's still an element of society and people that I sort of knew who who were very discouraging of it, almost to the point where you sort of pick and choose who you can and can't tell. Yeah. I think it's as far as a learning go in that sense. You know, it just it just shows that you've just got to really take charge of your own life, your own choices. And be brave enough to actually go with them, yeah. because at the end of the day, once you've made those decisions, once you've gone ahead and done whatever you're going to do, no one really cares anyway. Yeah. It brings it back to you, 
so much so much of the way we sort of go about our lives today is to is to get the validation from others it could be families your boss your friends it could, all these sorts of outside influences which don't really matter that much in the end so it's so as long as you can actually go and put yourself first then i think everything else sort of flows and everything follows after that it's generally all right in the end so yeah, they're probably a couple of the big things that I reflect on. And those don't really change, to be honest with you. Those learnings are still in place today. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting as well that you mentioned mm. that some people aren't as into travelling as much as you are. It's a massive interest for me, but it might not be yep. an interest for someone else. And that is completely okay. It's a funny thing a massive important thing in my life and I just want other people to experience yeah, it as well but it's obviously it's a lot more complicated than that. The most popular sort of article I've sort of written through a blog is actually uh, called it, called why no one cares about your travels when you come home. Yeah. It's such a personal thing because I think every traveller can sort of understand that you go away on this life-changing journey. I remember when I did the UK I think I came back and people didn't even know I've been gone for years and it was you, you come back with this thing in your head. I've had this amazing experience. Look at me now. I've got, you know, you, you, you come back and you show your photos of wherever you tell, and people glaze over most of the time. Yeah. 90% of the time, they might be interested for a couple of minutes, but then their attention will divert to the football on the screen, you know, and it's like, you just feel like shaking them. and like, look at me. I've had this amazing experience. I'm a new person. No, no one's, you know, it's, it's a, you know, it's, it, it's really quite hard to sort of, scratch that itch and I think you can only scratch that itch is when you actually stop caring about sort of telling everyone about it uh and people I, I ask and obviously interested in, interested in that's great and that's why I think the I, I think the internet world's great for that yeah. because you because it's so easy to find people into what you're into you can scratch that sort of travel itch with people you may never even meet when you do come home you see your family and friends and everyone's got different lives and into different things it's it can be a challenging challenging time when all you just all you want to do is tell people about an amazing experience you've had and, and what you've learned and we all do every traveler understands what a, a learning journey and sort of self development tool travelers that uh, you just want to share that and because yeah. you care about your family and friends you want to, you want them to feel a little bit of what you feel but of, of, of what you've gone through but when you sort of get that blank glazed look at this yes yeah it's it, it's it, it's an interesting one but but it's one I'm used to and I'm sure you I'm sure you've come across it more than a handful of times I think every traveler sort of has to some degree yeah that's very true but that's actually a really good point as well yeah. there's so many people on the internet who do share your interests so you can find your little community so you're not just getting yeah. people rolling their eyes yeah. at the 40th photo <laughs> of you know whatever that you're showing uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, um, but like, like even though i'm a true and you are so like it's i'm not i find i'm a bit like that too someone comes back and shows me their photos of fiji like great yeah it's you know like it's, it. it's it's unless you're part of that experience it's very difficult to to be immersed in it like if i came across like the, like i'll talk about people who spent years in the uk you know like particularly for my side of the world you know like, 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 like we can we can have a great conversation you know about yeah. different things but like that's that's very much the exception not the rule yeah that's true it's very it is very specific and i think as well why people who've been traveling for ages, digital nomads, sort of everybody who falls under that umbrella is so enthusiastic mm. about it and so passionate about it is because it mm. is, like we were saying, it really does change you as a person. That sounds like, oh, blah, blah, but it's like yeah. very true. You have to mm. face new challenges. You have to learn different things. There's a lot going on when you are traveling, traveling and working, whatever that travel looks like to you. There's a lot that happens in that time. Mm. So it makes sense that you yeah. would be so passionate about, you know, sharing your experiences with people because it's, you know, it can be a lot can happen. <laughs> 
Absolutely, absolutely. And no experience is like the next, you know, and my experience of Rome might be different to yours, my experience of Costa Rica, it will be completely different to yours. So we all experience things in different ways based on sort of, yeah, the way we grew up, the way, what we value, all those sorts of things. It's every experience is completely different, but, but by the same token, even in acknowledging that you still want to sort of share a little bit of that experience, you know? What would you say your best travel experience is so far? Yeah, probably the most influential one in, in the scheme of things is when I spent three weeks in the Himalayas uh, a few short years ago. I went there with, um, I went there on my own, met up with a, an amazing mountain guide, Cam, who's got his own, uh, started out his own uh, trekking agency, Himalayan Pole Treks, so I look it up. And that sort of three weeks was like, it was quite a sort of, it was a time in my life when I was sort of struggling. It's almost a bit of an identity sort of issue mm-hmm. in the sense I'd sort of gone into a sort of a corporate sort of world through government and what have you. And it's, it wasn't me. I wasn't in a great space then. So the Himalayas trip came up at a perfect sort of time. And when I went over there and, I, and I'll, Explain at the end, like the whole idea of sort of going away and finding yourself. I don't believe in any of that for a second, but I'll touch on that. When you go into those sorts of environments for three weeks on your own, effectively, you know, where you're sort of being challenged mentally, physically, and those sorts of things, you do get a new appreciation of what's A, what's important, uh, B, what you're capable of. And you gain a sense of clarity, and that's what that sort of journey took me on through. Now, it didn't change my life. I didn't do any of that sort of stuff. And like, but what it did do, and you can apply this to any sort of travel experience you have, is whenever you go somewhere or do something different for the first time, you're never quite the same when you come out the other side. It might just be a change of perception. You might have learned something that you hadn't expected. In this sort of case, when, you, when I sort of removed myself into such a, like a hostile, tough environment for, mm-hmm. for a matter of weeks, it, it, I, I came up with a, with a far new, higher appreciation for a lot of different things in my life. And in a way, it actually kick-started the whole sort of travel journey that took place over the next couple of years. So, so as far as influential, that was a particularly big one. On the opposite end, Probably the three months I spent living in Portugal in spring 2019. That was uh, that was where I started writing my book. That's where I started uh, engaging with sort of different people online. That's where I started. Uh, I, I started getting this idea that I could actually put something out there that could uh, that could add value somewhere for the first time as opposed to just my sort of normal day-to-day so and I think when you when you're parked up somewhere for three months with little other than little to do other than going to get a book or going to go have a coffee or going to uh, go walk to the beach it actually it actually frees you frees your whole creative mind up and it actually allows you to start working in, in ways that you, you, you potentially don't get when you're at home, when you're when you're dealing with your responsibilities, when you're dealing with your with your work and all these sorts of things, so so two very different experiences, but both very very influential in a lot of in a lot of ways and completely different different environments too, which goes to show that I guess there's not a one size fits all when it comes to having a good travel experience. They're great, great choices. What if, what about you? Oh. <laughs> That's a good question. Like I was saying, when I sort of first, so I sort of really kick-started like the digital nomad life mm. properly last mm. March, April. And again, I had nothing, I was mm. very underprepared. Nothing was planned, nothing was researched. Mm. I was just like, screw it, I'll just see what happens. Mm. At the beginning of that mm. travel period, I was think I was still sort of like jumping around just figuring out see what happens and then I got to a really nice sweet Mm. spot where I was in Bali for it for like four months and had explored the majority of it and then found sort of my happy place in Uluwatu which is like south of Bali my work wasn't that busy I had 
trying to really sort of just sit and think about things. It had been a bit of a hectic year running up to that point. Um, I was a bit here, there and everywhere, to be honest. And it was just, and obviously Bali's beautiful, it's green, beautiful sea. And it was just the perfect place to sort of just sit and figure things out a bit and take mm. a bit of the pressure off. Mm. I was just really, really happy. And in my head, I mm. want to is my happy place now because again, it wasn't, oh, I've just made a million pounds through mm. my business. It wasn't anything yeah. like that. It was just like, I've had a bit of time to reflect, think about everything that's yeah. been happening recently, the big changes that have happened and you know i'm okay with it and yeah. i'm just excited to see what happens and it was just nice to re like give yourself a bit of time that will always be something i remember yeah. and go back to so that's probably my number one it's just a simple thing it's not like oh well i just went to this you know amazing place and stayed at this amazing hotel it was just like oh well i had a bit of yeah. time and <laughs> had a bit of a thing like it's, it's yeah funny. yeah <laughs> funny how it works out it's funny how it works out i think we overestimate the time place circumstances type sort of time we visit somewhere now you obviously needed barley at that point in your life and i think for me probably like the places i just mentioned i needed those experiences in my life if my mindset had been different in a way or if yours had been in barley you might have had a completely different experience but you obviously needed that sort of yeah you needed that environment at that time and therefore it actually worked for you so the other one is lovely yeah my brother got married in bali so it's a great spot love it <laughs> love it i know i'm already planning mm. just after christmas i'm gonna go back <laughs> need my bali fix <laughs> <laughs> it's really nice to sort of think about those things as well because i think with traveling you're mm. You can constantly be on the go, even if you are staying in a place for three months, three months, it just time goes so quickly. I guess in it, whatever you do in life, time just flies by mm. and it's important to think, think about the yeah. things and remind yourself about what you have done, where you've been, what you've learned, what you've gone through, mm. just everything and whatever you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> Writing's a great medium for doing that too. It's something I've, I'm my own worst enemy when it comes to writing and journaling. It's something I've always dipped into. Mm. It's the making it a habit, which is my problem, because especially with mm. traveling as well, I would love to mm. have something I could reference back to, like in physical form, because photos are great, but you know, you, it's, you're missing a lot of detail around that. So that's something I really want to and hope to start doing is write just writing more of my travel experiences mm. down because it helps you remember it as well it does. making habits is it's never an easy it, like it's not an easy it's not something you can do overnight it's something you need to sort of stick at consistently yeah. and even even if it's just for five minutes a day you know so you can think of all the millions of good habits that are out there that we sort of get encouraged to do whether it's writing or exercise or diets or whatever you know it's everything Everything takes time to build, but once once it actually becomes part of what you sort of do, it becomes it just becomes part of your day, part of your routine, and that's yeah. yeah I'm sort of grateful. I've got a writing habit. It's the writing I do for me, you know, and yeah. ultimately I get to sort of share it. But it's something that's good for my mind. It's something that's good for my creativity and things like that. So ultimately, people will see the end product of it, but the process of actually doing it and actually having that as part of my day every day. Is, is is very valuable it's like any sort of thing like i get get a bit cranky if i don't yeah. write at least something yeah. even if it's just a few tweets you know it's something that's uh yeah it's just part of what i do so um so we've spoken a bit about best travel experiences the experiences that really have stood out to us and sort of still stand out to us and i find with mm -hmm. online when it comes to you know being a digital nomad traveling and working it's it is amazing, but a lot of the time mm. you, you just read a lot of the good things that come with it. And yep. it, it can be very like glamorized and be seen as this amazing thing. And it is amazing, like it's great. But is there anything that mm. you can think of from your your traveling and, and the negative side to it really? Have you got a story yep. in mind that pops up when you think, oh, you know, actually, is there anything that makes yeah. you question um. it? 
Yeah, absolutely. You're right. Hundred percent. Travel is glamorized yeah. to a lot, like, and and it is. We all see the highlights reels. We all see. Yeah, we all know that's not like that in real life, you know. And it's yeah. there's there's a particularly with sort of tra holiday travel and that sort of thing. You know, there's, there's always bad experiences. You know, you do get barley belly. You do get <laughs> there are missed flights. You do get lost. You do get ripped off. That's something I sort of try and discuss you know because it's because the highlight reels are generally very very short a lot of travel is actually very mundane and boring even you know it's waiting you're waiting for things you're, you're queuing you're you're lost you know all these sorts of things you know you don't sort of hear about those things. you don't see those on the on the instagram reels you know so it's i sort of discuss as far as I'm, I'm an optimist, Lydia. I'm, I'm very positive when it comes to this. Like, I see the good in pretty much everywhere. Yeah. But there have been, a, a, like, there have been multiple sort of, a couple that come to mind. When I was 16, when I went to the States, I remember coming down the freeways in LA, you know, just a busy ride, just like in the movies and what have you. So we come across a car accident, and there was this dead person, and it was, it was, it was horrendous, absolutely horrendous, and the bus slowed down and goes past, you know, and... So, so that, this was within an hour of arriving in, in LA, sort of thing. Another time, I was on the tube in London, and I saw this, this, this assault in the carriage just probably 15 metres ahead of me. I was the only person on the train, and these two people just beat the living jeez out of each other. One guy was unconscious and covered in, you know, just absolutely... And I was sitting there by myself, like I hadn't been there long. Yeah. I, was, I was absolutely terrified and jumped out. I remember it was Brentford Station. I jumped out. Of <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was shaking. So these, these sorts of experiences, yeah, you don't hear about those, but mm. it's 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 part of everyday life because I think I, I think while we like, I will always put a positive spin on everywhere, even if I don't yeah. really enjoy somewhere as much. I'll always sort of look back and go, yeah, but that was cool, you know. And I think that's human instinct nature. We generally do take the problem. We, we don't like to discuss negatives. We don't like talking about it. That's the sort of, you just don't talk about it. You talk about the beautiful sunset. You don't talk about the glass on the beach or the um, or the people that get standing in front of your photos and whatever. It's just human nature to sort of go that yeah. way. So like I said, I'm, like I am a positive, I'll, I'll never, if, if people, they're, they're, obviously there are places I enjoyed more than others, but there's also the, the the ability to change your mind as well once you actually go somewhere to us. And an example I think of here is, is is France. When I was living in London all those years ago, like I had a job opportunity in France. I'm basically working for a London company, but I went over to Paris for it's about six weeks, like two weeks at a time or something like that. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I really didn't enjoy it. I didn't enjoy the culture or the people at that time sort of thing and it was yeah a lot like it wasn't disappointing it was just surprising but I think it comes back to that expectation type sort of thing. yeah but when I went back uh, many years later I had totally the opposite experience to the point now where France was like like I was actually quite didn't really want to go there but when I went back that second time it was a totally opposite experience and it was like and I absolutely loved it so so I think when we sort of start talking about our sort of bad experiences, you know, it's 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 that time place sort of thing, you know, yeah. and there's always a different experience to sort of have. Uh, there'll always be bad stuff wherever you go, Every, even on your most memorable holiday, Lydia. And I'm sure you can <laughs> yeah. when you move to Costa Rica three weeks ago. I'm sure you have frustrations there. I'm sure there are frustrations with all sorts, you know. Like we've sort of touched on a couple other things earlier, but it's there's. There's always things that frustrate you, annoy you. It could be a million different things, but yeah, it's it's. I think by 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 instinct, we sort of tend to look at the more positive side. So, so in terms of getting sort of anything particularly negative or somewhere I didn't really like, then that's that's usually quite hard to sort of get from me. But um, but they're definitely like those experiences I touched on before were quite pretty terrifying, to be honest, <laughs> is, uh, uh, to sort of see up close. And there have been other things, but I'll always look at the positive things because ultimately everything's a learning. I think it's all, it's all a learning. It sort of depends where you are in this stage of like your travel journey, for instance. Like when I started, it didn't help. I had just started 
in DBA, I was going off on my own. I, I felt like I had all of these pressures when really I was just putting pressure on myself. And then I had sort of this vision of oh, mm. what it what it means to travel by myself and doing this and doing this. And if anything, and I used to be a project manager, so I used to love a plan. And if anything went out of yep. my plan, I would like freak out. And when I first started traveling, weirdly, yeah, yeah. Cause when I first started, it, not of it was planned, which goes against everything. <laughs> but when I first started traveling and things started yeah. going out of my original plan, it would really affect me. And I'm then, my mind would just go negative. Like if I was on an island and there was a power cut and I had work to do, it would completely yeah. ruin my day. But then yeah. a few months later, if there was a power cut, that's totally fine. I can just jump on that work tomorrow. Yeah. I'll just go in the sea instead. Like yeah. it's, it's sort of, it depends sort of where you are in your journey, where you are in life, I guess as well. It's nice how my mindset has changed on that. Like now I've always sort of seen myself as a very optimistic person as well, but I think where I was when I started traveling, yeah. And I loved a plan. I would then go into like a negative mm. mindset. Whereas now it's nice to mm. see how I approach an issue now compared to how I would have approached it then. You're 100% right. And as you sort of go through those experiences, you actually learn to, you learn, you learn more about yourself. You learn what yeah. for us, you, you learn to adapt, you learn how you respond. And yeah, it all sort of comes down. It's, it's, it's so easy to sit back and complain and moan and do all those sorts of easy things, you know, but, but a sort of slight mindset shift, which you're forced into. And I yeah. appreciate your situation. You're sort of doing this thing on your own. It's up to you, you know, it's, it's up to you to sort of try and try and make whatever situation work because ultimately it's, it's what it comes down to, you know, and I think every, any sort of traveler who's sort of been in a difficult situation or whatever you actually realizes and understands that there might not be that person to hold your hand to sort of be the other side you have to actually do that yourself you have to work on your own sort of toolkit you know to actually yeah. sort of get you through in one piece without tearing you out too much you know it's a lot of growth a lot of learning which is good i think that's another reason why i'm so passionate about travel and, and why i'm like oh everyone should like solo travel at least once in their life if they can and yeah. it doesn't have to be like yeah. a really grand oh well i'm going away for seven months i'm going to be by myself it could be having a weekend away in the next town over it really could be anything it's just challenging yeah. challenging yourself a little putting yourself out of your comfort zone whatever that is and just having a bit of time yeah. to yourself it just makes such a, hmm. a difference solo travel in particular is something because it's something i sort of started out doing again it's sort of come back to that idea i didn't really look at it like solo traveling i was yeah. just going somewhere and it's it's once that's a trip like it's it's such a thing now and it's great and i'll always be an advocate for sort of solo travel and and the discovery and all those sorts of learnings that it can actually bring you but by the other hand you can get incredible experiences whether you're traveling with a family or whether you're traveling yeah. with your partner or you know you know what i mean they're, they're just different the solo traveling was great but like like i mentioned before you know it was a completely different experience when i did it with my young family you know but but and, and no travel is better than the other i think i'm just i'm just a total advocate for sort of actually going out and doing doing it yeah doing it as you mentioned there it might just be you don't need to go away and disappear to bali for the other side of the world or go to backpack southeast asia for six months that like it might just be go to a different town yeah it might just be to go for a walk in a different park an hour up the road whatever starts your your curiosity or feeds your curiosity because you can actually always sort of build on that and if your travel journey starts with just a visit to the next town just to do something a little bit different Next weekend it might be somewhere else. Next next week it might be somewhere else, and it's 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 a momentum thing as well, you know. So I think I'll always encourage people to 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 feed their curiosity, you know, at whatever level they're comfortable at, because yeah, we're all different, and 
uh, well, the way you and I were brought up is, is we're encouraged that the world's a big wide place why not go and explore it but not everyone's like that if your ex exploration or travel journey starts with just the next town then that's, that's totally fine too so it's whatever whatever works for you and I think ultimately there is a we're all by nature curious uh, it's it's just finding something that maybe pushes you, makes you a little bit uncomfortable or makes you a little bit nervous about something without being too scary and then that can get the ball rolling. Definitely. Or just makes you think there's no right or wrong way to travel. It's just that experience, isn't it? As a growing up here, because the world was such an interesting place and and I I'm, I'm certainly not alone here. It's you sort of ignore your own neighbourhood to a point, or it's very easy yeah. to ignore your own neighbourhood. I've, I've been to dozens of countries before I'd even really explored my own country here. And it actually took COVID to actually change that up. So I've done a lot of domestic travel in the last, yeah, pretty much the last three years. And I've seen most of the country now, and it's not, yeah. 95% of the country, which is great. It proved that there's sort of more ways, there's different ways you can actually just sort of scratch that trouble bug without actually doing anything particularly adventurous or... Yeah. You, you mentioned you're based in New Zealand now and through COVID you've been able to explore New Zealand more. Why should someone visit New Zealand? FYI, it's definitely on my list. You mentioned earlier about bungee jumping. I really yes. want to go to New Zealand and do a bungee jump because my mum, when she was yeah. younger, she did yeah. a bungee yeah. jump. Oh, there, nice. So it's on my list. <laughs> With New Zealand, it's a it's only a very small place. In terms of your sort of bang for your buck, you got incredible beaches. The mountains are as good as anywhere I've sort of seen in the world. Different, but in terms of that sort of spectacular sort of landscape sort of thing. If you're on Instagram, then that's, yeah, it's just, yeah, you see on the Instagram sort of place, you know. In regards to sort of people that come here, I think it's a really, really good place to come to actually sort of immerse yourself into, into that sort of uh, natural environment, if that's your thing. So we do have towns and cities and what have you. And like Auckland, I love going to Auckland, which is our main city, and it's, it's a very yeah. walkable, pretty city. But New Zealand's about the outdoors. And we've got a very mild climate here. Summers are generally good. It's a year-round destination where you can actually enjoy nature pretty much all year round. It gets a bit snowy down south, nothing that particularly sort of causes any real travel difficulties. It's a sort of place where it's very easy to get around. It's it's a very drivable, it's very camper vanny type sort of friendly. It's, it's perfect for people who want to explore people who want to sort of peek around, uh, explore different roads, different villages, different places. And it's a very welcoming sort of place too. So I'll, I'll always be an advocate for this place as much as my curiosities lie overseas. I'm very conscious and aware that there's, there's a lot on my own doorstep here mm. that, uh, that people are naturally very curious about. You can thank Hollywood for a lot of that. It's like that, you know. It's, yeah. There's no green screen, a lot of the stuff that they've got around here. So I think people are naturally curious. It is, it's only got a very small population. It's isolated. Um, it's, yeah. I, I know very few people have sort of had any particularly negative experiences down here. It's something I'll always advocate for. And it's, and, and it's cool that people reach out and ask me about things to plan their own trips here. The photos you just post on Twitter just look just looks lovely i really yeah. hope to be yeah. visit it next year like i just i've had so many great things about it it's but like anywhere it's it's everyone's experience is different yeah. and everyone's gonna like like the vast majority of people i know have sort of loved it you know and that's that's all well and good you know uh but ultimately you sort of if you go anywhere whether it's here or australia or whatever trouble you sort of do if you go there with a generally sort of positive curious mindset you know you get you're going to find the good and you're actually going to enjoy uh and enjoy a destination a lot more down here it's, it's as far as sort of scratching that adventurous itch that a lot of us have there's fewer places there's a few places that are actually sort of do that much better oh amazing mm. i can't wait can't wait to go <laughs> where's next on your list something that's sort of been in development for the last sort of month or two is uh 
returning. I'll, I'll be going back to Nepal, likely in May next year. Amazing. There's going to be a bit of a thing about it. Like I sort of won't divulge too much details now, but basically, yeah, it's it's, it's going to be a longer, a long, even like a particularly challenging thing I'm going to be up to over there. But like, yeah, I'm just sort of working out a few of the finer details. But yeah, basically, it involves mountains, a lot of sore knees, and <laughs> out of breath altitude. So that's next for me. Uh, there are always plans to sort of look further afield and do different things. Oh, actually, I'm going to uh, Australia next, but that's only yeah, that's only for a few days. But beyond, but beyond that, sort of, I don't, I don't try and look too far ahead these days. I'm sort of quite, quite content with sort of having been oh, effectively sort of somebody who has travelled so much. I'm actually like my spot right now, yeah. and but that could change. That that could change in a few months' time. If there's one probably an overriding lesson of sort of lived my life by and sort of learned as I've gone forward is I don't try and sort of plan too much. I don't mm. try and say I'm going to be here in two or three years time because I'm very, that, that plan changes. If you can be open to doing new things, open to, uh, open to being in different places, then that's, then that's really good for your mindset. It changes that sort of fixed mindset thing. I've always sort of looking, keeping an open mind about where new journeys, adventures, and experiences could be. And that goes beyond travel too. So I always keep an open mind on things. I've got a few creative things I've sort of working their way in the background too. So yeah, continue to explore those. I just don't want to, I just don't want to end up being a, a couch, couch surfer and into, into that world of Netflix for any time soon. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. I think that's a really good point as well, though. It's like just being open to things and not mm. always having a strict plan in place. Yeah, if you're so tunnel vision on a plan, you're potentially missing out on a lot of other things and closing yourself yeah. up to things, which, again, is something I have learned from being such a, like, a planner head kind of gal to just sort of yeah. where I am now. Also, mm. just going with the flow and seeing what happens, because a lot of the time when you mm. do that, it ends up <laughs> really well and mm -hmm. in your favour a lot of yeah. the time. I, I love goals. I love those sorts of visions of sort of wanting to accomplish something, you know, so yeah. something big, whether it's creative or whether their career i think i think it's really really important but it's it's this is equally important as to sort of keep that sort of wider wider view as well to and try not to ignore what's happening right now what's definitely um what's what you can do something right now it's a constant sort of um battle i think we i think it's also easy to sort of look forward to things at the expense of things you're sort of doing at the present. I think I, I find like a journaling habit's actually quite good with that. I find a journaling habit actually mm -hmm. sort of keeps you reasonably present, even if, even if, if it's just for that five minutes a day, when you sort of do that. But uh, yeah, but like, yeah, looking forward to next week. I haven't been to Australia in quite a while, so it'd be good to go there. And uh, actually, actually, I'd like to see, uh, be to catch up with some um, travel friends while oh, I'm at it from many it. years ago. So it'd be good. That would be great. Catch up on yeah, all all yeah, of the old yeah. stories. <laughs> oh. oh yeah, and I think that's a whole podcast in itself talking about travel friends. It's special to sort of have those people in yeah. your life where you can actually sort of talk about things that happened ten years ago, yeah. twenty years ago. You know that you can actually go back. The stories always change and get a bit exaggerated, <laughs> but it's it's fun and healthy, you know, because I think when we reflect on our positive sort of experiences, you know, it's, it's, it's really, really important because there's so many things in our lives today that actually are stresses effectively. Yeah. So every opportunity where you can go back and whether it's to speak with a friend or family member, you know, we can actually have a laugh and actually talk about some of these really positive experiences in your life. And then, then, then you, you always come away feeling better for yeah. it. So it's a win-win really. Definitely. Oh, that sounds great. I'm mm. excited to, see all the updates from Nepal mm. as well very very jealous Mark mm. I'm aware I've chewed off your ear for far too long now so we are on the final question can you really have it all can you have a balance of business and pleasure you can you can and for each person it's going to be different though and that's why there's no one size fits all when it comes to saying this is how you do this is how your experience can be as equally satisfying as the person next to you you just have to persevere and actually find out what works for you whether it's a creativity project alongside your normal work or whether you, whether your creativity project 
is 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 the nomadic lifestyle like you sort of do you know there's always got to be a balance there somewhere because ultimately it can't all be pleasure and it can't all be business we've all got to explore what works for us and find our balance and what works for us works for us it's fine to sort of talk about that what works for other people i've found a reasonably decent balance with what i do and and sometimes that might only be an hour or two of sort of my sort of creative which is a lot of my pleasure stuff like i love my sort of outdoors and whatever but like that it's always different we've all got different things going on so it's something i'm very, very conscious of as long as i incorporate some of that balance into my daily life i'm happy it is something you can do but you just need to work out what actually works for you and what actually scratches that itch and if you're struggling to find that the most important thing is to keep trying because there yeah. is a balance there somewhere and when you do find it it's a pretty cool way of living as i'm sure you appreciate amazing well thank you so much for joining the podcast mark i really appreciate it i really really enjoyed this conversation i feel like i've got a lot out of it and like i feel like we could this episode could be hours long <laughs> Um, so thank you so much for <laughs> Really enjoyed it too, Lydia. Yeah, great to uh, have the opportunity and chat all things travel and all those sorts of cool experiences, which I think we need to, I think it's a healthy conversation, you know. I'll make sure to include all of your links in the description below. Thank you everybody for listening and we'll see you again soon.